you for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church. To find out more about The Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. Good afternoon, Movement Church. Turn to somebody on your right or your left, Tom. You look amazing today. Man, we have a treat in store for you. Um, we, in the middle of this series, we, we've asked uh, one of our favorite communicators to bring the heat today, and I'm excited. And, and uh, this young man is not a stranger to the Movement Church. He's been around here since about December with his amazing wife, um, Pastor Israel and Sophia Lazo have been friends of ours for um, what feels like multiple decades, but it's only been about five or six years, maybe a little bit more than that. And, and what I love is that uh, there was just this beautiful, like, I can't think of the word, chemistry that took place between what God was doing in their lives and what God is doing at the Movement Church. And when we started discussing at the end of last year about what it would look like if they came a part of this team here, it like for us was we were just praying and hoping that they would say yes. And they were like going, oh, my gosh, we're honored to be a part of this. And as they've gotten and pl- plugged in and involved, it's just become so obvious that God had aligned our lives on purpose. And not only uh, is Israel a, a brilliant communicator, but both he and his wife are brilliant leaders. They love the Lord. They have a great family, a great marriage. They have, they're great parents, and they're all about who you are and what God wants to do in you. And so I'm so excited to introduce our speaker for tonight, and I want you to do me a favor and honor him with a loud round of applause. Would you give it up for Pastor Israel Lazo? All right. Would you just give some praise to God right now where you are? And No, I mean like, like really just give him praise where you are right now. If you've been set free, can you give God some praise right now? You... It's so important. There's, there's so much power in our praise and, and what we do when we, when we give it to the Lord. Um, I... I what am I doing up on this stage right now? Um, this is a dream come true. I can't believe I'm here in front of people um, because the last time I preached for the movement was in front of a video camera. And so it's great to see everybody here. Um, let me use the first 20 minutes of my 30-minute message to give honor to, to my pastor because um, some of you don't know me and... Um, we had a church before before coming to the movement church. I'm a pastor's kid. So some of you are like, oh, geez, here we go. <laughs> pastor's kid. The good kind, though, the good kind. And um, just raised in the church, love the Lord. But I've seen my dad and the work that, that he's done in ministry. I've watched him build a church. I've I've watched it from from a small little fellowship hall with 10 people 30 years ago. And and I've seen how how much work he's put into it and my mom. And I've felt the sacrifice of the toll that it takes on a family. Um, I've been in those moments where my sister and I, uh, 
as a family, we're just all there crying together like, God, what are you doing? Why are we called to this? I've been in those moments where the people who say they love you the most are the people that are the first ones to turn their back on you. I've, I've been in those moments where you have nobody else to turn to except for those that are part of your immediate family. So I know what the struggle is to build a church. Maybe not on the degree that my dad did, but as a, as a son, as a kid, I've, I've felt that. And the reason why I say all of this is because with that being said, I understand that this pulpit that I'm standing at right now didn't happen overnight. There are two pastors and a a beautiful pastoral family who have sacrificed so that you could be in that chair right now. There are sacrifices that you'll never know, that you've never seen. There are moments where our pastors have cried together. I can tell you from experience. There are moments that our pastors have felt, is this really what God has called us to? There are moments where the family feels like, what are we doing? All so that you might have a chance to say yes to Jesus. And at the end of the day, I can also tell you that it's 100% worth it. And so I stand here today understanding the sacrifice it took to build this and, and, and the, the, the honor that this place has for a pastor to give it up to somebody else and say, hey, I want you to preach. That's a lot. It's, it's not something that I take lightly. And I, I, I want to say that I believe that we as a church have a responsibility to reciprocate that love and that sacrifice to our pastors. Can I say that real quick? This is from just someone on the outside just kind of coming in. We have a responsibility as the movement church to reciprocate that same love and that same sacrifice back to our pastors. You have a responsibility to text your pastor and tell him how much you love him. You have a responsibility to pray for this pastoral family. You have a responsibility to bless them and to love on them and to give them a hug. Because what they do when you don't see is so that you have a pathway, so that you have an open door, so that you have a place to come and experience the glory of God. And so I just, I, Pastor, I just want to say thank you. Really, I do, because the, the love that my family has received since the moment we've been a part of this church um, and the way God has brought us together, both of you, I remember sitting with Pastor Megan and the first thing she said when we sat down, because we're thinking, where are they going to put us and what are we going to do and how are we going to serve? And the first thing she said was, how's your marriage? And it was refreshing that they weren't looking at where we can use you, but we want to look how, what, what's happening in your life. That means a lot. And so the fact that pastors felt like that I could come up here today and and say something, it's a big deal for me. So um, I don't want to, I don't want this time to fly by. I don't want to use this time in vain. Um, But I do want to give a a huge thank you to our pastors for everything you guys do. Thank you. Now we're going to talk about conflict. Y'all ready? Talk about how to fix conflict. 
Um, but before I dive into that too, I also want to say, I really want to encourage you to join in on those Zoom calls. They are awesome. Uh, my wife and I joined in on the parenting one because we have two little ones. They're crazy. And we wanted to get as much information as we could on how to handle a toddler and a six-month-old. And uh, we learned so much from other parents that were on that call who have kids that are older and asking some really tough questions. And in the back of my mind, as a communicator, I'm also thinking how I would answer that question. You know, you're kind of thinking, like, this is what I would say. And they blew my mind with some of those answers. I was like, wow, that's so great. So if you think you've got it figured out, let me tell you that you don't and that you gotta get on those Zoom calls. I don't care how perfect you think your marriage is, I'll see you there on Thursday because you will learn something that's going to benefit you, I promise you. So make time Thursday, and, and really it just comes down to how much is your marriage worth? Uh, at 7.30, is it, is it worth it? So get there, 7.30. Hey, make it a date night. Get dressed, get nice, put some makeup on. Go downstairs, turn on Zoom. It'd be nice. It'd be nice. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Keeping it PG. I just say who knows. Who knows? But before we do that, I'm going to teach you how to handle conflict. Because that's what we need. That's what we need. We're going to talk about how to handle conflict. And this is just in relationships in general. So take it for your marriage. Take it for your, your dating relationship, your friends, your family. This, this works across the board, all right, across the board. Um, but before we do that, I'm going to just pray. Father, we just are so thankful for this time that you've given us. We thank you because you brought us to this place, this exact moment, so that you can speak to us, so that we can learn, and that we can grow, and that we leave this place completely transformed. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Real quick, I, I want to just, uh, I want to tell you what my dad told me before I got married. How many married people we got in here? Married people? Married people. All right, cool. Oh, it was a lot of married people. Wow. That's crazy, right? <laughs> Those of you who are dating, whoa, take a break. Uh, marriage is crazy. But I remember being in that position where we were about to get married, right? And you're, you're thinking this is going to be the best. You know, we got two people coming together as one. And I love her. I promise for the rest of my life. I do. We're going to cut the cake. And it's all beautiful. I remember. I remember how lovely it was. And my dad said something that, that I'll never forget. He said, son, this is right before, right before marriage, right? You know, premarital counseling. And my parents, you don't know my parents, but they're marriage counselors. And their whole goal in premarital counseling, this is 100% real, their goal is to stop you from getting married. That's their goal. I'm being 100% serious. When you go through marriage counseling with them, their goal is to make you break up. And if you can last, then you're ready to go. They will bring out some dirt. They'll bring out some stuff and see if you can really make it through. And so my dad says, son, I want you to know before you get married, conflict is inevitable. And there's a lot of people on social media that look like they got it all together. But let me tell you, conflict is inevitable. Oh, we don't argue. Oh, you are a liar. <laughs> oh, we never fight. Okay. Just give us some time. Give us some time. Oh, you'll get there. You'll get there. It's cute, isn't it? It's cute right now. We'll get there. Because conflict is inevitable. And the trick is to not avoid conflict. The trick is to learn how to confront it so that you can overcome it. And a lot of us, we don't like conflict. I get it. There's a lot of people that say, I don't want, I don't want conflict. We're a little more passive aggressive. 
right? We tweet out what we're feeling and hope that they see it, right? We'll put a picture, we'll put a story. You've been it. You, you've probably seen it as you're swiping through. Someone put something in the comments, right? They'll say something that's for somebody and hope that they see it, right? What you don't know is that you were muted a long time ago. They're never going to see that story. They're never going to see it. The trick is to learn how to confront these conflicts. I remember right when we, right when we got married, right? Because we were kind of in that boat. We don't argue. We love each other. We're never going to have problems until we got married and started living in the same house. And all the things that she did and all the things that I did now are coming together. And whose family did it right growing up? And let me tell you, this is how we did it. No, no, no. This is how we did it. And, and let me just share one of the arguments that we had when we first, uh, when we first got married. And, and this is going to seem so, so small to some of you, but this was a big deal for us. And it was how you get out of the shower. <laughs> now, when we get, getting out of the shower, right, guys? We dry ourselves. And we step out of the shower. Easy, right? <laughs> Not for my wife. My wife says, you need to dry your feet before you get out of the shower. Okay. That's what the mat is for <laughs> outside of the shower. You see, when I step out, it's on the mat and it's drying. She goes, no, you need to dry it first and then put it on. I said, then why did I pay $14.99 at Target for this mat? It's supposed to... It's supposed to dry my feet. And she says, no, that's not how you do it. And so we really, there was some conflict where she would like, I'm taking a shower. When she hears the shower turn off, the door creaks open. And she's looking through to see how I'm getting out of the shower. And we would go at it and, we'd, and we would argue. No, this is how it's done. No, this is the way it's supposed to be. And we would fight about it. Now, you're probably thinking, wow, that's so small. We had just gotten married. But there's more conflicts that come throughout marriage, throughout life, as you continue to learn each other. And what I realized is that God designed us for relationships. We're designed for relationships. God even said, man, I shouldn't be alone. Let's, let's get someone. Let's, 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 let's create Eve, and, and let's come together so that way they have somebody. We were made for relationships, and God wants our relationships to thrive. He wants us to be successful, but he also knows that we're human, and he also knows that we sin, and he also knows that we have different points of view, that we're all unique, and he knows that conflict is inevitable. And throughout history, we see that God is partnering with mankind and, and he loves this idea of relationships and how powerful relationships can be when we work together. But the enemy also understands this. And his goal is to say, okay, if I can come between the two, if I can break relationship, I can break what God designed. And so he'll do whatever he can to cause conflict in our families in our relationships with our friends, with our, with our spouse, whatever it might be. So I want to help you today to understand that conflict is inevitable, but we can learn how to confront it. Now, for the next 15 minutes, I, this is going to be just, I'm just going to throw it at you. So this is very practical. I need you to just take notes. This is, I'm giving you the keys right now. This is, this is it. All right, it's not going to be all preaching fire. No, I'm going to give you a step-by-step -step guide 
on how to go home today and fix whatever's happening. First thing, number one, and at each point there'll be sub points, and then there's gonna be a pop quiz at the end. Y'all better get ready. You cannot leave this church until you have a passing grade. We will keep, we will hold off on baptisms until everybody passes. Point number one, point number one, understand who the real enemy is. Understand who the real enemy is. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter six, verse 12, you all probably familiar with it. It says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark, oops, I'm sorry. That's what happened when you work on the iPad. Against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. What we have to understand is the person across from us is not the person that we're really fighting with. They're not the enemy. We might not always agree. We might not be on the same page, but that doesn't mean we are fighting against them. And I think in those moments, as spiritual as this sounds, I think in those moments we forget. And we're arguing against the person that's in front of us. And we think that they are the problem. And we forget that we are a spirit man first. And there is a spiritual battle happening all around us in that moment. And we're not thinking that way. We're thinking carnal. We're thinking physical. We're thinking what's happening right now. Let me tell you that conflict is just as much spiritual as it is physical. And we have to be ready for it. So let me help you. The first thing you need to do, these are the sub points, guys. First thing you need to do, put God first. Put God first in everything that you do. Pray in the morning. Start your morning off with God. What do your priorities look like? Where does God fit in your life? One thing I love about this church when we started coming, one of the second things that Pastor Megan asked me was, how's your quiet time? And I said, it's pretty quiet. You know, once the girls, it's, I mean, as soon as Ariel goes to sleep, it's, we get about two hours, you know, quiet time. You know, what do you mean? I, we didn't understand what it was. What's quiet time, right? And so we started to learn a quiet time, your devotion time is the time you put aside for the Lord and, and the time you spend with him. And I'm like, oh, we need quiet time. And so that's what we tell Charlotte now. Okay, it's quiet time. And she knows it's bedtime. We go to put it out and we get quiet time. But we, we, we have to put God first in our relationships. Because when you learn to put God first, you, start, you put yourself in a position to see things through a spiritual lens. When you put God in front of everything else you do, that's what you look through. So when you start, when there is conflict with other people, you already set yourself up for success because that morning you put God first. The enemy doesn't have a space to move into that place where you've already put God. So when the enemy tries to come and tempt you and tries to distract you and tries to cause a conflict, that morning you read a verse that says, we don't fight against flesh and blood. So you're already equipping yourself for the spiritual battle. Does that make sense? You put God first. Number two, pray together and pray often. Pray together and pray often. And again, this can work with your boyfriend, your girlfriend. Can I just say you don't have to wait till you're married till you start praying together? Build those habits now. Sophia and I spent a year praying together before we were married. Every night before we go to bed. Now, it was a night, you know, let's hug and pray. Let's just come together. I'm going to pray for you tonight, right? But we would, we would pray. Whenever we got back from dates, anytime we left, whether it was over the phone, whatever it was, 
We, we built that foundation in our relationship to pray every night. And that is something that we still do today as a married couple. But that's, that's, and we're intentional about it, to pray together and pray often. Because then when that's a person that you have conflict with, you also have a, a prayer trail with that person too. This is the same person I pray with. How can I, how can I argue or fight or yell with this person that I also have a spiritual bond with because we pray together? This can be your brother and your sister. This could be your mom and your dad. Pray together. Families, it's okay to come together and pray at night before you go to bed. Families, it's okay to come together and pray more than just for your meal. Pray together and pray often. And the third sub-point there, forgive quickly. Don't waste your time being mad at each other. Forgive quickly. We got to find that place and just say, you know what, man? I forgive you. I'm sorry, and I forgive you. That was one thing that we decided when we got married as well, that we did not want to go to sleep mad at each other. And you hear this a lot because everybody wants to sound all cute. We never go to sleep mad at each other. And it sounds beautiful, but it is hard when you're in the thick of it. Like, really? You want to start arguing now at 1130? You want to test me? We're going to get in this argument right now. I got 30 minutes to fight about it because I'm going to sleep. But we can't go to sleep mad at each other. Well, you started right now at 11.30. So you better wake up. I'm turning on all the lights. And we are going to battle this out. It's hard in the moment when you're really in those conflicts. Forgive quickly. Because there's more time to be together in peace of God than it is to be enemies against each other. All right, number two. I'm moving fast because I got 10 minutes. Number two. This is a sound here that I learned at the Movement Church. And at first it kind of freaked me out. But then I got it. Makes sense. Throw up, not out. Okay, stay with me because I know it sounds weird. (laughs) It's not as gross as it sounds. Throw up, not out. Matthew chapter 18, verse 15 says, If another believer sins against you, Go privately and point out the offense. Here's what that means when we say throw up, not out. It means if you've got a problem, go to that person and talk about that problem. Don't be going out and throwing out your problems to a whole bunch of other people. Your abuela doesn't need to know what happened with your spouse. Everybody knows the chisme. They don't need to know. It's not their business. You don't need to throw out. You need to throw up. And go to that person and have a conversation with them. Talk about it. And here's what I think. I think of a lot of our life's problems would be solved if we would talk to each other instead of about each other. And we go out and we want to tell all, uh, spill all the tea about all of our friends and everything that's happening. Well, did you hear about Susie? Oh, did you hear about Kyle? I, don't know, I just thought of like the whitest names I can think of. <laughs> and you go and you've got conflict. But here's what happens. It doesn't just hurt you. It doesn't just hurt Susie. It doesn't just hurt Kyle. 
It also hurts the people that you're talking to. You put them into a position now where they have to decide, am I going to allow this or do I need to stop it? You've now brought them into your conflict. So now the enemy coming after you has now contaminated everybody else through you because of what we say and we throw out. Let's throw up. Let's talk to each other. Here are the sub points. Number one, find the right time to talk, guys. Find the right time to talk. Can I just say, in the middle of a conflict is not the right time to talk about another conflict that you've been holding on to for the last 15 years. Okay? Like, hey, I need you to take out the trust. Well, for the last 20 years, you haven't washed the dishes, and now I'm bringing it up. <laughs> Probably not the right time. And you laugh, but you're laughing because it happens to you. Oof, I almost said my wife, but my wife's here. I can't say that. <laughs> she knows I kid. It but you got to find the right time to talk. You got to look at each other. Hey, you know what? Every, all the kids are asleep. Hey, you got a minute? Let's chat about what happened today. Let's talk about Can I also say that in front of your friends is also not the right time? Because they're watching, and now you're bringing them into your conflict also. It's not the right time. Find the right time to talk. The second sub point, create an atmosphere for constructive criticism. This is a good practice. And again, it, this works across the board, whether it's your family, boyfriend, girlfriend. Create a, create a space, an environment for, for constructive criticism. My wife and I, we learned from a book from Gary Chapman, and it's uh, The Marriage You've Always Wanted. And in that book, he talks about asking for constructive criticism, all right? I know it sounds so weird, and it is, but it's, it's actually pretty awesome. Uh, whatever we're doing in that moment, wherever we are, we're at home, whatever it might be, if my wife has something that she wants to talk to me about, which is not often, <laughs> but if my wife has something that she wants to talk to me about, she'll say, honey, uh, do you, do you, are you open to uh, constructive criticism? <laughs> and in that moment, I have an opportunity to decide if I'm ready to receive what she's about to tell me or not. Now, again, it sounds funny, but it's awesome because she might not know the kind of day that I've had. And I might not know what kind of day she had. And so when she's asking me, she's now preparing an atmosphere. Are you open for constructive criticism? I can now take an inventory and be like, you know what? Yes, I am ready. Okay, I want to talk to you about taking out the trash or about helping me with the girls. And I think you can do a little bit better. Now, here's another rule that comes with constructive criticism. This is awesome just for you to write down. Is that you got to give them three compliments before you talk about so the conflict. Good. So good. Because I want you to know this has nothing to do about you being a bad dad or you being a bad husband. It's not anything of that. I want, I want you to know you are a great dad. Man, thank you so much for helping me with this. You're an awesome husband. Thank you for doing this and this and that. And three compliments. And then we say, here's where I need your help. And this can work in any, in any, I'm giving you really practical stuff here. Like, where's the Bible verse? This is life here. This is also helping you. It's good stuff for you to take home and practice. Create that atmosphere. And I will tell you, there's times where she says, are you open for constructive criticism? And I say, I am not open for constructive criticism at this time. 
please check in about five to 10 business days and get back to me. We'll talk about it later. And then she laughs and then she gives me the constructive criticism. And the third sub point there, get help from authority. So not out. Your friend who's had 10 broken relationships already is probably not the best person to go to to ask for advice, okay? Your friends on social media, half of them are robots anyway. You don't need to post it on there, okay? Go get help from people in authority. Go ask your pastors. Go ask your your connect group leader. Talk to somebody that you trust, that you know is going to be praying for you, that is going to give you sound biblical advice, to help you through the conflict that you're going through. Get help from authority. All right, third one. I'm already wrapping up here. This is an important one. The goal should always be to restore, not to win. The goal should always be to restore, not to win. What does a win look like? I was right. You were wrong. But if all the pieces are still broken, nobody won. And we've, we've kind of grown up in this society where there's winners and losers. And we've carried that into our relationships. And we feel like we have to defend ourselves in this conflict so that we can emerge victorious. And we try to win. And what happens when we try to win? You start pulling out all these things from the back pocket. You start building an arsenal. You know when they start pointing the fingers at you, you're you're not listening. You're already thinking about how you're gonna respond. Right? You're a bad friend. You didn't show up when you said you were going to show up. You didn't come through when you said you were going to come through. You didn't keep your word. And in the back of our minds, we're thinking of everything we can throw back at them to make them feel bad, to make them feel like they're losing, like they're guilty. And the conflict continues. Also that we could win. But there is no win in win. There's win in restoration. The point is to come together What does restoration look like? Forgiveness, love, mercy, strength. This is God's goal for humanity, is that there would be restoration. This is what he wants. He he sent his son Jesus to restore All of us, we have a conflict. Not just with each other, we have a conflict with God. And the conflict is our sin. We're guilty. Yet God, because his goal is not to win, his goal is to restore. He sent his son Jesus and says, I love this relationship enough. I know there's a conflict. I I know we can't be together because of the sin. It separates you. But let me send my son, Jesus, 
and with his sacrifice. I'm willing to give up for this relationship. I'm willing to give of my own possession. I'm willing to put in the effort, to put in the work, because it's not about winning. It's about restoring and coming together. And so he gave his son Jesus so that the conflict that we had with God would now be erased and there could be love and there could be forgiveness and there could be mercy. There could be grace all because he sent his son Jesus for us. And I'm going to continue with that, but I want to give you the sub points for the exam at the end of this. What does this look like in, in practice? Yeah, great preaching, but what, what's, what's give, me, give me the practical I can do when I get home. First thing, listen with empathy. Not sympathy. Sympathy is from the side. Empathy is embrace. I feel what you feel. You might not agree with them, that's okay, but just listen with empathy. Second thing, take ownership of your shortcomings. This is hard for a lot of people. Own up to some of those things that, that you've done in their relationship that might have caused some, some issues. And the last thing, seal it in prayer. Seal it in prayer. I remember growing up with my family, we had a lot of conflicts. Mainly because of me. I was the challenger. My sister was the yes woman. So she was like, Mom, Dad. <laughs> Hello, Father. She even had a British accent sometimes. Yes, my Lord. And I was the one who always said, but why? Why can't we do it this way? And who said? And so I was always, Argh. My dad, he still has a limp sometimes from working with me. Like, ah, oh, son, you still, ah. Every now and then, my back just spasms when I see you. He still gets a little. <laughs> hey, dad, ah, don't get too close. <laughs> and I remember we would, we would have some intense arguments as a family in a controlled environment. But we would not leave that living room until there was forgiveness and there was prayer. I would go hard with my sister sometimes. We would, we, not, not like hard, hard, but like we would like, we would, yo, you, and she said some things to me and I would say some things to her and my parents are just watching and I'm like, are you gonna step in, you know? And at the end of the day, we're just like, let's come together and let's pray. Let's forgive and let's pray. And I think sometimes families forget about that. There's conflict in the family. They, they, there's yelling, there's arguing, and then they storm off and they go to their room and then you don't see them for five days and then they come downstairs and expect mom to have breakfast ready and it's like, where have you been? And nothing ever gets fixed. And we just ignore it. It's like it never happened. We have to take that time to come together and pray and seal it. My family says, my family, we have our, our little family motto. And it, it was, we fight hard, we love hard, and we forgive hard. Because no matter what we go through, we're going to forgive each other at the end of the day. 
We're going to pray. We're going to come together as one because this is who God called us to be. And it's a picture of how much God actually loves us. That he would have that open door for us to find his son, Jesus, and resolve that conflict. So I want to take a moment here in this message to give an opportunity for people who may still be in that conflict with the Lord. And maybe you haven't found that that salvation, that forgiveness yet. This is an opportunity for you. And so I'd like to just invite everybody, if you can, for just a moment, close your eyes and bow your heads. Because I want to give everybody in this room right now a chance to know Jesus. I can't stand up here and promise you that all your problems are going to go away, that all your conflicts are going to disappear. But I can tell you that you don't have to go through it alone and that Jesus will give you at least the peace to go through it, that Jesus will be there with you every second of the day. He loves you and he's already forgiven you. So if you're sitting there saying, yeah, Israel, you know what? I, I do need Jesus in my life. If that's you on the count of three, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to raise your hand because I wanna pray for you. If you wanna receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, just raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Yes, thank you, thank you. As soon as you put it up, you can put it back down. I see you, thank you. Yes. We're all gonna pray this prayer and Maybe you didn't like, I don't want to raise my hand. That's okay. I know there's many of you here that want to make this decision. So we're going to pray this prayer all together. You can, you can mean it from your heart and maybe say it in a whisper if you want to or just say it in your mind. It's fine as long as you, as long as you mean it from deep within and, and know that Jesus is listening. Just say, Lord, I receive your grace. Thank you for loving me and covering me. I know I've messed up. I know I've made mistakes. But today, you make me brand new. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody look up at me just for a moment here as, as we kind of round out this message. Because now I've got a question for, for all of you. What conflicts do you have in your life that remain open? For some of you, it's maybe something you've been holding on to for the last 10 years. For some of you, it's something that you're holding on to from the moment you got out of the parking lot here at church. Right before you left the house. Last week, maybe it's your kid and they're in kids' church right now. Maybe it's... There's something, there's a conflict. Maybe it's, it's your mom that you don't talk to anymore. It's your dad that's not on the picture anymore. Maybe it's a, a brother, a sister that you've already written off. Maybe it's those people on your, on your Instagram story that you don't even want to talk to, that you don't look to anymore, that you try not to follow them. You don't want to see them anymore. You, you want to separate. It's, there's conflict that you have left unresolved. I'm here to tell you today that God's goal is for you to bring restoration, to restore it's not about being right. Oh, you don't know, Pastor, what they did to me. It's okay. It's okay. It's not about being right. It's not about being wrong. 
It's about bringing peace to those relationships. And I'm not telling you, you got to be besties and you got to buy them coffee. You got to go out next week and hang out all the time. But there should be some peace. For you and for them. Because what you're doing when you bring restoration is you're throwing a big punch to the enemy. Because this is not, we were not created for, for holding on and harboring conflict. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 18, it says, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. So my question is, have you done all that you can? Well, I sent a text. Have you done all that you can? Well, I waved to them awkwardly. Have you done all that you can? Maybe you've waited 12 years thinking that it's just going to blow off. Have you done all that you can? I'll end with this quick story. I don't know if you've ever had an awkward encounter with someone that you don't talk to anymore. It's kind of weird. Someone you haven't seen or talked to in a long time, and then you see them, and you're like, how do I, how do I talk to this person? Oh, fake the call. Hi. <laughs> Try to like, go. <laughs> and I was at, uh, at Walmart. Yes, I go to Walmart. Don't judge me. I'm from Anaheim, okay? <laughs> All these South Orange County people judging me. I'm like, ah, Target. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was at Walmart. And I saw a guy that used to go to our church a long time ago. Hadn't talked to you for a while. I thought we were cool. You ever think that? I thought we were cool, right? Just hadn't seen him in a long time. And I see him, and he sees me, and I do. If you know me, you know I'm like, hey, like I'm like, what's up? And so he he sees me, and I see him, and I'm like, dude, and I throw my arms up in the air, all loud in Wally World, and I'm ready to give this guy a big hug, like it's been a long time. And this guy looked at me and goes, straight up said no, and he walked away, and he's like, no, no, mm, mm. and I was like. I felt so weird in that moment. I felt so awkward because, you know, you're not expecting that. Like, even if you don't like the person, you're like, hey, hey, you know, you kind of fake it. Oh, he didn't even fake it. He's like, no. And I was like. And that I felt in a moment, and this is the reason why I share this, because some of you, maybe you have that kind of conflict. Yeah, Pastor Israel, I, I, I want to, but they don't talk to me. And so. He doesn't say hi, he doesn't give me the hug, and he literally walks the opposite way. And at that moment, I had to stop, and I had to pray. And I said, God, I don't know what I did. I don't know what I've said, but God, would you forgive me? Forgive me on his behalf. Lord, bring peace to my heart. Even if you don't reveal what I did, just, just help me, help me to be okay. Forgive me for this. Forgive me. Not, oh, well, I shouldn't even have said hi because you don't know what you did to me, right? That's like our first reaction. Well, I'm trying to be nice with you, right? 
But we have to learn to stop and say, God, that relationship I put into your hands. Bring peace to my heart. Bring peace to their heart. Bring forgiveness to me. Show me areas that I need to work on. And that's my prayer for you. So in a moment, I'm, I'm going to pray. And then we're going to break off into response worship. But I want to pray for every person in here who maybe still has some of those conflicts that they've been holding on to. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes again? God, we just thank you for what you've spoken over our lives today. We thank you because you're so infinite in your wisdom that you still even just give us practical easy to follow steps that we can take home and put into practice and learn from. I pray that these steps, Lord, would be transformative, that we would learn, and that as we leave this place today, we can find peace in those conflicts for every person that's struggling right now, every person that's, that's thinking of those conflicts that they still have open. Lord, I pray that you would bring peace to their lives that you would give them the courage and the boldness to confront those conflicts, that you would reveal to them maybe some of those conflicts that they can't remember, and Lord, that you would bring peace to all of our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Would you email us at info at theocmovement.com? And if you're not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Send us an email at info at theocmovement.com and we'll get back to you shortly. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church.